Hold up. What was that? Boring. No flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here. And it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt free. Hello, Fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello, Fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at HelloFresh.com. This episode is brought to you by Linen and Homes. Linen and Homes offers quality products from weighted blankets, bamboo sheets, and soft PJ sets that are definitely going to give you a good night's sleep. Shop now at www.linenandhomes.com. Podcast Network Asia. Project Loving Myself Podcast is brought to you by Podcast Network Asia and Podmetrics. You can't control what people did to you, but we can choose to do it differently or to react in a more positive way, to use it as an opportunity to grow as a person, to learn, to be better, to improve ourselves. You're listening to Project Loving Myself Podcast, a well-being podcast that shares stories of self-love, mental fortitude, and self-discovery. Hosted by life designer and well-being coach, Sanaya Gurnamal. Hi, I'm Sanaya Gurnamal, and this is the Project Loving Myself Podcast. Join me each week as we navigate through aha moments, new ideas, and flashes of insight from candid conversations that inspire you to get started on your own project of loving yourself. Because the most important relationship you will ever have is the relationship that you have with yourself. You matter. This is Project Loving Myself. Hi, everyone. Welcome to Project Loving Myself. I'm here with you on a brand new episode where we're going to flip things around a little. My producer, Mikai Lukanias, is going to be interviewing me today on the show instead of the other way around. So let's shake things up a bit. Now, if there's an important lesson to highlight here, then it is that sometimes it's good to step into the other person's shoes to see things from a different perspective or lens. We get so caught up in our lives, our own dramas of existence, that we have blinders on when it comes to seeing what is going on from the opposite person's point of view. And stepping out of our comfort zone and into another person's paradigm allows us to see the bigger picture and perhaps even understand things differently, which helps us to reach new conclusions or uncover new pathways for understanding and resolution. Now, I had a session with a young girl yesterday who was having some kind of conflict with her parents. She did not feel understood. She felt they were kind of being unfair to her and they were coming down pretty hard on her. So I asked her to step into her mother's perspective first. She discovered that her mother just wanted to protect her and make sure that she didn't make the same mistakes that the mother did. Then I asked her to step into her father's shoes and she realized that her father was trying to prepare her for her next step in life to make sure that she was grown up enough to handle what could come her way. 
And in doing this little exercise, her anger towards them disappeared to be replaced with a sense of understanding and gratitude. We ended the session with her having tears of of gratitude and love for her parents, which was such an amazing turnaround from how, you know, upset and angry she was when we started off the conversation. So try this sometime. This is something you can easily do on your own. When you're angry or upset with someone else, try and get out of your own head and step into their space to see things from their perspective. And let me know how that works for you. Now back to today's episode. I'm going to go ahead and give the reins of this episode to Nikai. Nikai, would you do the honors of being my host for today? All right. Of course, Sanaya. First of all, thank you. Thank you so much for doing this with me. It's an honor to be interviewing you right now. So thank you so much. I'm blushing now. (laughs) All right. So to start, I wanted to ask, what's the reason behind you being a healer? Like, what's the story behind all of this? That's actually a really great question because if you knew the kind of life I came from, and and I'm sure, you know, I have so many people I've grown up with who are like, what? She's into well-being? She's into, you know, healing? That's not the girl we used to know. So definitely my background is not something that makes sense with what I'm doing today. Let me explain. I grew up in uh, Japan. I've talked about that, you know, several times on the podcast. And I went Mm -hmm. to college in the U.S. Um, I went to a very competitive university, uh, University of Pennsylvania. So it's like an Ivy League university. And pretty much everyone who goes to this college, like they only, they're really driven with like these major like goals, you know, they become investment bankers and consultants and they work on Wall Street and they're like super into like success. And here I am, you know, I go to this college. I loved my college years there. And I actually went on to be a fashion buyer for a company called Saks Fifth Avenue. So my background is like retail. I uh, really enjoyed, it's like, you know, Jennifer on Friends. So that was kind of like- my dream job, right? And I I had a great time doing that. I was living this great life in New York City. I was a party girl. I had plenty of friends. The ultimate dream. (laughs) Ultimate and so different from where I am today. Now, um, after New York, so I lived in New York. I I was a fashion buyer there for a couple of years. I did financial planning for the same company. And um, after that, I actually moved on to London where I studied jewelry design because I found that I had I had like a knack for it. You know, I was kind of very good with um, with jewelry. And that was something I picked up while while working in retail. And uh, from there, so I studied in London. I lived there for a year. I moved back to Japan in between. And finally, I ended up in Dubai, where I started my own jewelry business. So Mm -hmm. I was an entrepreneur. Like, I was Mm -hmm. a businesswoman. You know, I was not someone, you know, going on, you know, to a cave in the mountains and meditating. I wasn't doing any of that. (laughs) Not that I did it later either. But my point is, I was very much in the... Um, in the world of, uh, you know, looking for success and business Mm -hmm. and business, yeah, you know, having a good time and things like that. But one day, Nikai, I was um, invited to a, like a talk 
Uh, it was mm-hmm. a free talk by um, an instructor. He was, uh, he is a clinical hypnotherapist. So it's like more on the medical scientific side. It's not like somebody, you know, who hypnotizes you and takes mm-hmm. all your money. None mm-hmm. of that kind of stuff. But it was someone who was like, um, you know, quite credible in the field of um, hypnotherapy and psychology. A friend of mine was hosting him. Okay. Right. And, and I got invited to attend this free talk. And, you know, for me, I was in my early 20s and I was like, this is not my thing. Like, <laughs> why would I go? Right. Yeah. But on the day of that event, I found myself driving by and it mm-hmm. occurred to me that, oh, yeah, I'm invited to this talk. And I was actually done with work early. And so it was like I was being guided to go there, even though that's all. Yeah. And I didn't even plan it, you know, it just sort of happened. So I ended up um, attending this talk. Mm-hmm. And it blew me away. Because this teacher, this instructor was talking about all these metaphysical things. And metaphysical, like basically covers things like past life, karma, right. angels, Um, you know, the ability of the power of the mind, the subconscious, like all of these kinds of topics. And he just basically talked about these different topics. Mm -hmm. And he talked about how powerful the mind is, and how every issue in our life, every disease, everything is created by us. And here I am in my early 20s, you know, like, I'm not thinking about these things. But as he's talking about all of this, there's like the sense of like recognition in myself that this just makes sense to me. I don't know why, but it does. And I mm-hmm. feel it in my gut, you know, and I felt like I, this was the place I needed to be in that moment. Right. Any, anyway, so I sat there and I heard him out for like an hour and a half. I took notes on everything mm-hmm. he said. And then like a true... Uh, like a true nerd, I would say, I went home and I went on Google. Yeah. And I looked up every <laughs> single thing he said. And you know, I wanted to challenge everything he said in a way because my left brain, my analytical brain was like, this can't be real. You know, yeah. this is this, this is mumbo jumbo. This is mm-hmm. like, uh, you know, it, it's not real life. Yeah. And, and so what happened was, everything he said, there was actually evidence, you know, there were best selling books on these topics, there were credible people all over, you know, the internet, that were saying similar things. And I'm Mm -hmm. thinking, wait a minute, maybe there's something to this. Okay. And this is before the time of like the secret law of attraction. Right, right. Yeah, right. So it's still very new. Okay, so I, um, I basically said, well, the information checks out, you know, mm-hmm. there's, there's backup on all of this. So now let me try what he's been talking about. And he was offering like sessions. Mm-hmm. Now he was fully booked. So I went to see his wife, who's also um, a clinical hypnotherapist. And I booked a session and I showed up for my appointment. And the first thing she asked me was, well, what do you want to work on? And I remember sitting there in the room being like, well, my life seems okay. What should I work on? <laughs> right? Yeah. Like what, what problem should, like I, I couldn't 
even at that point process or see that all the things that were not working for me in my life were my problems. Right. Right. You know, and most of us are like that, right? We don't see it. Like our life is just full of different challenges and we just think it's normal. Mm -hmm. We don't think it's an actual problem problem that we have an effect over and that we can change. We just live with it. Yeah. We think it's normal. Yeah. So that's why when she asked me that question, I'm like, uh, I don't know. <laughs> like, what should I work on? You know? Yeah. And so she said, Well, you know, do you have any like medical condition? Do you have any disease? Do you have anything? And right away this thought came to my mind that I'm lactose intolerant. Mm-hmm. Okay. Now, for those of you who don't know what lactose intolerant is, it means like the best things in life, you can't eat it. So I couldn't, you know, I couldn't digest um I couldn't digest ice cream. I couldn't digest cheese, pizza. Cheese. I yeah. know they were problems for me. You know, they'd give me like bloating or I would get like, you know, um, discomfort in my tummy. Mm-hmm. Um, I'd have to go to the bathroom. It was just right. not comfortable, you know. Mm-hmm. And even like things like lattes, cappuccinos. Lattes, yeah. I couldn't eat any of that stuff. Basically anything that's based in dairy. Dairy stuff, yeah. Dairy. I couldn't digest. Mm -hmm. And it was something I had developed maybe eight years ago. So it wasn't like something I was born with. But in the last eight years of my life, suddenly I, you know, had to take a pill if I wanted to have dairy. Or I have to have um, a special milk. Right. Which is the only kind of milk I could have. So cereal and milk were off the table as well. So... Here I am thinking, okay, I have this. Let's see what she can do with that, you know? <laughs> so I told her, I said, you know, I'm lactose intolerant. Can we do anything? Yeah. And I didn't, I didn't know that that was the first session she had ever done with an allergy type of situation. Like a, right. like a, because lactose intolerant means you can't um, tolerate dairy. Dairy, so, yeah. So it was her first experience working with that. And she didn't tell me that, of course, because, you know, I might have been a little bit more skeptical. Yeah, why would she? Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) So anyways, she um, started to ask me questions and she asked me to close my eyes. And Mm -hmm. she said, um, go back to the time where you developed this. And by then she's already relaxed me. I'm in my subconscious, you could say, at that point through some techniques she did. And immediately Nikai I went back to a memory where I'm eight years old okay and I'm standing in front of a refrigerator door the freezer door is open and this is my home in Japan okay Mm -hmm. and just to give you a bit of background in Japan it's pretty much cold we get four seasons but a big part of our year it's very cold Mm -hmm. okay and during the summer months which are like June July August We get really beautiful, warm weather. And as a family tradition, my father would take us to Baskin Robbins, like the ice cream shop. The ice cream shop, yeah. (laughs) And every Sunday, we would go after our family lunch and we would pick out like our ice, ice cream flavors for the week. And every night after dinner, we could have an ice cream. Of course, now in retrospect, that was not healthy. <laughs> I should not have been eating an entire ice cream every night of the week for, you know, those months. But anyway, it was a special treat and it was mm-hmm. a tra- tradition in my family. 
But in my memory, I'm staring at the refrigerator, the freezer door that's open. And I'm looking inside and I'm really upset because I see these like plastic trays and the um, white wrappers, because usually the ice cream sits on like a, a white wrapper that says Baskin Robbins 31, 31, 31, right? Mm -hmm. And I'm seeing that all that's left in the tray is one ice cream, ice cream flavor and the rest is all empty wrappers and the plastic tray. Yeah. And I'm so upset because the only flavor that's left is this yucky strawberry cheesecake, like the kind of stuff adults right. like. Oh, yeah. <laughs> Kids don't like that, right? We like the chocolate, you know, the orange sorbet. Mm -hmm. And I was so upset because my eight-year-old self was like, this always happens to me. They get the best flavors, they meaning my younger brother or my parents, mm -hmm. and I get stuck with something I don't want. So I'm feeling really upset, really angry. I'm feeling really just, you know, like this is so unfair. And in that moment, I realized that my mind connected all these feelings of it's unfair, I'm angry, I'm upset, and associated it with ice cream. Right. So a link was created. Okay. And that just kind of like got stuck in my subconscious. Okay. Oh. Now, that was the memory that came up. And the therapist, the, the hypnotherapist started to work with that. She started to help me release what I was feeling at the time I was age eight. Mm -hmm. And from that point, we went forward to understand that, you know, as I grew up, I did feel that my younger brother sort of always got preference over me or that he would get away with things. He was my mother's favorite. So I really grew up with a feeling that it's so unfair, you know, right. and every time we would fight me and my brother, I would get the blame because I'm older, yeah. you know? So I carried a lot of feelings of like maybe not feeling as loved or as accepted or even that I was being treated equally, like all of those feelings I just grew up with as a child. And, mm -hmm. you know, we all have these feelings, right? Yeah. yeah. So fast forward, the next memory came up was I was in college. I was in a statistics class and I was put in a group of four people. Now, in my group of four people, three of us did all the work and one guy never showed up for our group meetings. And we ended up getting a really good grade. But when we got that grade and all four of us got the grade, I remember feeling like it's not fair that that one guy that didn't show up to our meetings, didn't help us on the project, got the good grade as well. And I yeah. was kind of really upset and angry. And I was mm -hmm. feeling like this is unfair. So what happened is my brain once again connected to those feelings of like life is unfair, it's not equal, you know. And coincidentally on that day, I, I went to Starbucks right after getting this grade and I ordered my latte, which I normally mm -hmm. get. Mm -hmm. And that day, as I'm feeling upset at this other classmate, right, I remember it was the first time that I had a latte and my tummy just was bad. Right. You know, I felt uncomfortable. Right. And I remember I felt bloated and I had to go to the bathroom. And, you know, I was feeling at the same time anger and all mm -hmm. those negative feelings. Mm -hmm. So what happened is my brain 
once again connected those feelings with with milk yes yeah. the latte yeah. and from that day forward my brain decided my subconscious decided that dairy was dangerous because when i'm having dairy i You're feel upset. angry i'm upset life is unfair all of these things are happening wow yeah and so to protect me from that day forward in college my my subconscious would react violently to any form of dairy i would put into my body right and that is why i developed lactose intolerance okay wow yeah now about 7 to 8 years after that i'm in the session recalling mm-hmm. all of this and making sense of all of this with the help of the hypnotherapist and i realized that um all of this was about those experiences and those mm-hmm. traumas and probably other events in between and so the healer helped me to release all these feelings you know to forgive my family my brother you know forgive that classmate for not doing his work basically to release it from my body mm-hmm. we spent about an hour together after that hour she said now go and get some kind some form of dairy like drink a glass of milk or something and let me know how you feel so i was kind of like a little bit on a high at that point i was feeling so good so i went straight to hagen does yeah <laughs> um, the ice cream yeah the other ice cream store and i love you know cookies and cream the so best. i went yeah right so i went and i ordered <laughs> i ordered um a scoop of cookies and cream i think mm. it was even two scoops i went for a big size cuz i was like <laughs> cuz why not it. right <laughs> yeah. and i ate a bite and i ate another bite and i continued until i finished all the ice cream and i waited mm-hmm. and i waited and i waited and nothing happened Okay. Wow. No run to the bathroom. No like, you know, sounds in my tummy or, mm-hmm. you know, discomfort. And right. I'm sitting there going like, is this real? Like <laughs> I'm like, okay, maybe it's a coincidence. Maybe it's like a one-time thing, yeah. right? <laughs> so, what I did is for the next week, every single day I loaded up on dairy, like cheese, pizza, I mean, you name it. <laughs> I was testing my body. Yeah. And the whole week nothing happened. Wow. And that was it, Nikai. That was the turning point in my life because I remember asking myself that question that if it's so easy, in 1 hour we healed mm-hmm. you know, a condition I had been dealing with for 8 years. Mhm. So why do people have cancer? Why do people die from diseases? why are people living with things that are causing them discomfort like that mm-hmm. was the, the the question going on in my head like why yeah you know and why doesn't everyone know about this okay yeah. if it was that easy why doesn't everyone know about this mm-hmm. and i think it was these questions that essentially uh directed me in my life uh from that point forward not only to tell everybody that i could about what had happened to me cuz i was so amazed and i wanted to tell you know all my friends and everyone i knew that this amazing thing could happen right right and so i kind of didn't even realize how i became like a spokesperson for <laughs> for like hypnotherapy or wellbeing yeah. or or he just because of my own 
amazing experience with it. Right. And from that point onwards, I dedicated a lot of myself to learning more. I was taking like all kinds of workshops. Every time those hypnotherapists were in town or other healers, I would take a session. So I was Mm -hmm. working on myself. Mm-hmm. I was, you know, everything I could think of that I could heal, like the relationship with my parents, you know, because I, I was your average, you know, early 20 year old who uh, felt her parents could not understand her and that, you know, she was struggling with her own freedom, her direction in life. What career did I want to do? What was my what was my plan for life relationships? Like this was the time, you know, where most people are getting stuck and trying to figure out what they want from their life. And right, so yeah. I used that time to do so much healing on myself. And every step, things in my life just got so much better. You know, my fr- friendships, my relationships, my, you know, family life at home, my self-confidence, my self-esteem, like everything just got better. And it was pretty quick. I could see Mm -hmm. the results, you know, it wasn't like I was trying, trying, trying. And then it, it was taking months and months and months. It wasn't like that. It was like, I realized this, then I would do a session and then it would clear. And then I would notice the difference. So there was a lot of feedback coming Mm -hmm. my way. Mm -hmm. And somehow uh, I found myself becoming more and more drawn to helping other people and letting them know that if this could work for me, it could work for you. For you sure. Know? Yeah. Right? Yeah. And I created abundance in my life. I uh, manifested my soulmate. I um, opened a healing center in Dubai in 2008, which became a very big success. So literally, I felt this newfound appreciation and bond with the universe, um, with, I would say, even God. Mm -hmm. Um, I started to understand God in a different way. I started to believe in myself and love myself. And everything in my life, essentially, um, was, was reflecting that same joy and happiness and positivity. And that's pretty much, you know, how everything changed, you know, my dreams changed, my plans changed. And here I am, you know, on the Project Loving Myself podcast. Um, I'm living here in the Philippines, I have my well being center here as well. Um, And this has become my life, you know, this is what Mm -hmm. I do. I work with people to give them those aha moments that came to me. Yeah. You know, when I was that young and mm-hmm. trying to figure things out, when I was stuck, when I was going through challenges. Right. And every day as I teach people, I work with them, that's kind of what inspires me. That's mm-hmm. what motivates me is when I see that, you know, that understanding dawn in their eyes that, oh, my God, this works, this is real, like this actually helps. Yeah. And so that's how I became a healer. That's a very long story for a a short question. (laughs) No worries at all. That's an amazing story. So now, you know, after hearing that, I kind of want to be a healer myself. So, (laughs) yeah. Nikai, I think everyone is kind of a healer. Everybody has a desire to help other people. Mm-hmm. And I think we all have different roles. I think a lot of people become healers because 
there's so much in their own life that they want to heal. Yeah. And they never want to forget that, you know, the journey. They want to keep mm -hmm. it alive and they mm -hmm. want to help other people discover it. Yeah. And so I find more and more people, especially younger people, have this desire right. to want to be healers and to help people. So I can completely understand yeah. your sentiment. Yeah. And I kind of agree because after hearing everything that you said, it kind of amazes me because I get the thought that everything is really connected. And it starts with you. Why did you get lactose intolerant? Because you felt sort of like upset with your brother. And then you were, you know, getting ice cream at the same time. And that's where it kind of all started. Mm -hmm. That's just, you know, amazes me. Though I know it's a discomfort on your end, but I'm glad that it's healed right now. Yeah. And yeah. thank God for that experience, right? After you've mm -hmm. been through a negative experience... And you learn something from it and you grow from it, then mm -hmm. you no longer look at it as like a bad experience. Like for me, it wasn't yeah, bad. Exactly. Yeah. I, I'm grateful if it weren't for that, I wouldn't mm -hmm. be here today. Mm -hmm. Exactly. All right. So for the second question, why should anyone prioritize well-being, especially if, you know, life is going great? Well, I think um, that's exactly what happened to me in my 20s. I thought mm -hmm. my life was great. I mm -hmm. didn't see all the issues that yeah. <laughs> were, were present, you know, because I thought everybody has the same kind of issues. You know, everybody mm -hmm. has a relationship with their parents where it's not easy. Everybody, you know, is dating and doesn't necessarily find their perfect soulmate right away, you know. <laughs> Or like you just get so complacent is the word or like you get used to it. You think it's normal. Um, and I think that people forget to ask for better. For you better. Know, yeah. You forget to yeah. ask. You know, there's yeah. a saying, right? Ask and it's given. But if you don't ask, you won't get anything. Right. right? So I think that a lot of people think life is going great for them. But if they really go in to look at things it's really not as shiny as it looks. And um, I'll give you an example of like, uh, of someone's house, you know, at the end of the day, we can just kind of clean the surfaces, mm -hmm. right, and make everything look good. And from a distance, it looks like everything's clean. But underneath, if you haven't cleaned underneath the sofa and the tables, I mean, there's going to be dirt and dust everywhere. So cobwebs even, you know, a lot mm -hmm. of us are carrying yeah. things from our past and we just forget about it. We yeah. hide it like under the, it's like we're hiding all the dust under the rug. Yeah. Now, eventually it's going to show up in our life eventually. Yeah. And that's For why sure. pe people get like a midlife crisis or people get anxiety or depression. Usually anxiety and depression happens because there are situations in our life, traumas, feelings mm -hmm. that have happened and we cannot cope okay so depression and anxiety takes care of all of that and takes over so we don't have to cope we don't have to participate in our life because we're depressed we're anxious right. you know so the stuff in our life that happens we just kind of accept it and then hide it away so we don't have to keep looking at it but eventually it comes out, you know, it shows it's gonna up. It's going to show up, life. yeah. So my philosophy is, you know, confront 
the truth of your life, you know, confront your childhood, confront your fears, confront your patterns, see where you might be creating a lot of uh, problems for your own self, you know, it's, it's really about exploring also yourself, understanding who you are. And I think a lot of people don't feel like they know where they're going in life or what they want in their life. And again, that starts with not really having that relationship with yourself to begin with. Mm-hmm. Right. So I think uh, well-being in general is becoming more and more uh, important for people. I think mm-hmm. as, you, as you grow up and also circumstances today, you know, mm-hmm. well-being is something that is uh, is something that pretty much everyone is struggling with on some level, considering a pandemic, considering, right, yeah. you know, the challenges that are happening. So I do think if you want to live a great life, a good, healthy life, it's not just um, mental, physical, emotional. You have to work on all three uh, to really create well-being in your life. Yeah. And I guess it's really safe to say that if you have a problem, you really have to address it, you know, not just ignore it. So you really have to work on that. Completely. Before we head on to the rest of the episode, let me tell you about how I went shopping on linenandhomes.com. I got the prettiest, softest PJs made of bamboo cotton and a gorgeous bamboo blanket for my little one. I love, love, love their weighted blanket and I've been sleeping so much more soundly and deeply since I started using it, which totally helps considering being pregnant doesn't allow me to sleep as well as I would like. I can't wait to get my hands on their sheets and comforter sets as well. So check out www.linenandhomes.com and don't forget to use my code PROJECTLOVINGMYSELF, all caps, no spaces, to get 10% off your first order. I'm so sure you're going to love the products as much as I do. Also, Sinaya, you talk about childhood issues and your parents. Are they always to blame? You know, uh, it's funny because I've talked on the podcast about people's traumas and childhood and parents a lot. And I, mm-hmm. sometimes I think to myself, you know, I'm like, wait, I hope they, I don't, I hope people don't think that it's really always our parents' fault because it's not. I, yeah. I do believe it's not their fault and therefore it's not about a blame game, but it's about understanding how we pass down problems generation to generation. Mm-hmm. We repeat behaviors down generation to generation, right? So our parents did the best they could given what they knew, right? right. Yeah, yeah. We, we have a chance to do it better. But most of the time, we don't do it better because we don't know any better ourselves, right? So for us to actually become aware that this is what happened to us as a child, And it happened because of these reasons. Therefore, when we have children, we should do it a little bit differently so Mm -hmm. we don't have that kind of negative impact on our children. So for one, um, I think it's important for us to recognize that the situations that happened to us in childhood have 
showed up in our life as these difficulties many of us mm-hmm. are facing today. Mm-hmm. It's not our parents' fault, but it happened because of our childhood. Mm-hmm. Okay? And they right. were only also carrying it down from their parents and their parents, right? So definitely when I work with my clients and I do healing sessions, Nikai, we really work on tolerance, compassion, understanding, and forgiveness. Mm-hmm. And part of the healing process is for my client to understand that whatever difficulty or negative situation they had, maybe because of what their parents did, intentionally or not intentionally, right? Yeah. That at the end of the day, it was for their learning. Like mm-hmm. that experience gave my client something positive in life. Maybe it taught them to be stronger. For example, if your father used to beat you up, mm-hmm. right? Mm-hmm. And that's traumatic for a child. And in some countries, you know, that's not allowed. But in, in many Asian countries, it's kind of normal, right? Our parents, yeah. they did, you know, slap us around, beat us with, with <laughs> different things. You know, I, I've, I've heard a lot of stories. I've been through it myself. Yeah. And it's normal, right? It's normal. I know like my parents would be like, well, you have to do this because I said so. Mm-hmm. You know, and I'm sure mm-hmm. you've been through that. Like we yeah, had to listen sure. to our parents, right? Yeah. Even, even though it didn't make sense, we had to listen, yeah. right? But today, we don't talk that way. Like, I don't talk that way with my children. If they don't like something, like, okay, I'll give you an example. I was sitting at dinner with my child, and he's three, Nikai. He's mm-hmm. only three years old. And I'm telling okay. him that he needs to eat. He can't just eat the French fries. He needs to eat the chicken as well, mm-hmm. right? So I'm telling him, you know, eat your chicken, Vade. You know, eat, don't just eat your French fries. And he looks at me and he said, Mama, this is my plate. So I will eat what I want. And that is your plate. And you you decide what you want to eat. Honestly, I was taken aback. And if it was my father or my mother, they would have been like, how dare you talk to me that way? Or like, you know, just, you know, sit down and eat. They would have gotten mad at me. For sure, but yeah. I looked at my son and I gave him <laughs> a, a big smile and I said, you know what? You're right. This is your plate and this is my plate. And you get to decide how you're going to eat. Mm-hmm. Okay. But because I'm your mommy and I love you so much, I want to make sure that you're eating healthy and that you're eating, you know, all your food so that you stay healthy. Is that okay with you? And he said, yes. And I said, okay, then that's a deal that I'm allowed to tell you um, or you listen when I tell you to Mm -hmm. eat your chicken. And he's like, okay, mommy. So it was just so cute. And it was just such a different way of relating to my child than how I grew up. Mm -hmm. But that's because I examined my past and I did a lot of healing on it. And I realized, you know, what a negative influence it had on me the way I was brought up in that environment, right? Where things were different. They didn't know better back then. Right. Mm -hmm. But now with awareness, I can handle situations differently. Yeah. And so healing is also about going back to understand what went wrong in our past, in our life. How did it affect us? And 
how now today we may be, you know, doing these negative patterns in our own life or, or negative behaviors in our relationships, but we can correct it, we can fix it, and we mm -hmm. can improve and do it better. Right. So in a roundabout way, what I'm saying, Nika, is it's not our parents' fault, but it's our responsibility to choose to learn from those traumas or challenges or difficulties and make better choices. So we pass down, you know, better choices, make better choices for our children. We model better behavior, you know, and at the end of the day, we also create better lives for ourselves. Mm. You know, I guess it's also important that you get to choose what you react. And I don't know if this is correct. Um, let me know if I'm right. You can control your feelings, but you can control how you react. Absolutely. Yeah. You're totally right. You can't control. And another way to also say that, Nikai, or another way to look at it is you can't control what people did to you. Right. Yeah. Right. They did mm -hmm. what they knew to do. Right. Mm -hmm. But we can choose to do it differently or to react in a more positive way, to use it as an opportunity to grow as a person, to learn, to be better, to improve ourselves. And yeah. I, I said a little earlier that most of the people I grew up with were probably like, who is this girl? You know, what happened to <laughs> her? She's not the girl we knew, you yeah. know. <laughs> and they're probably in shock. Like, how am I even a healer and, you know, doing all of these things? Because sure. I, I changed. I changed so much. I don't even recognize myself. Or I don't recognize the person I was. Because mm -hmm. the Before, person yeah. I am yeah, is the person I love. The person that I, you know, I admire. The person that I am proud to be. Mm -hmm. But the person I was was a product of all the difficulties I went through, all the challenges, all the maybe insecurities, my own low self-esteem, my inability to love myself. That's the person I was then. Mm -hmm. And perhaps being that person, Nikai, I might have hurt a lot of people mm -hmm. without realizing it. Mm -hmm. You know, I know I dated people and I hurt them. I didn't, um, I wasn't the most, um, I would say, best of people. I did hurt people and I acknowledge it today. But when I did that, it's because I was a hurt person myself. Right. You know, when mm. I maybe backstabbed a friend, I was someone who was backstabbed, backstabbed as well. Yeah. You know, when I was lying to somebody, it's because I never felt safe. So all my, I guess you could say negative or bad behavior for lack of a better word was because I was hurting myself. I was incomplete. I was, you know, in pain and suffering. And all I did was pass that on to more people because I didn't have the capacity to love people or to bring them joy or to uplift them. All I could do was lash out because there was so much within me that yeah. was in pain or suffering yeah. in some way, right? Yeah. So at the end of the day, what we carry is what we end up sharing with other people. So right. it's our choice. Do you want to be a burden on the people around you? Or do you want to be, you know, the person who can support them and love them and uplift them? And so I think that what when we do things like self-improvement, self-help, you know, whether it's healing or meditation or well-being, 
these things, yes, first and foremost, they're for us. Mm-hmm. But I think the other thing to consider is it makes us better citizens in the world. It makes, makes us better uh, mothers, fathers, husbands, wives, daughters, sisters, brothers. Like it just makes us better people to the people we love. You know, it mm-hmm. makes us better parents to the next generation. And so that's why, you know, there's that term that's become quite commonly heard, you know, be the best you can be because the best version of yourself will create more better or good actions in the world. Yeah. And that's how we move our world into, you know, more positivity rather than all the negativity that exists. Yeah. That's awesome. To all of you listening, loving yourself really does come a long way. <laughs> For yeah. sure. For all sure. Right. So um, the next question would be, what is the best way to deal with pain or anger? So normally, when we have pain or anger, we usually lash out at other people. Mm-hmm. We want revenge. We want to prove ourselves. We want other people to hurt because we're hurting. Okay. So like exactly like how I was talking about, you know, in terms of what I was putting back out into the world because of all the pain and anger that was in my own space. Right. right? So at the end of the day, all we do is create more of it. But if we can learn to take responsibility, be accountable, and most importantly, forgive. Okay then that pain, that anger actually goes away. And most people, it's a simple concept, right? But most people actually don't get that. So for us to actually be angry at someone or to be um, resentful of someone or to have a grudge, you actually need to hold these feelings in your body. Okay, so if I'm angry, I have to feel angry, right? To be, in, right. To be angry yeah. at somebody. Yeah. And every time I'm feeling angry, I'm actually negatively affecting the cells and organs in my body. Okay, so I'm actually bringing the vibration of my body down. I'm interrupting my digestive system. I'm actually interrupting the blood flow. So I'm physically, through the anger and stress I'm putting on my body, I'm hurting my own body. Even though I'm angry at somebody else for what they did to me. Right. So the other person did something to me, but I'm angry. So I'm actually hurting myself with the anger. Mm -hmm. The next thing is because I'm angry at somebody else, I'm directing all that anger energy towards them. So I'm taking this energy of my own body and I'm sending it to somebody else. And so I'm depleting my own body. I'm giving my energy of anger to somebody. And so if I had 100% energy, I'm giving 20% to the person I'm angry at. And now my body has only 80% to function normally instead of 100%. So not only are we impacting our own body negatively, we're also giving away our energy in the form of anger or resentment or grudge to somebody else. And usually that person occupies our thoughts, right? Like we're thinking How could they do this to us? Why did they do this? How did I let this happen? And just by thinking about it over and over and over again, you are again sending the energy to your body in a negative way and you're also sending it to somebody else. 
And you could have used all that time and energy for something much more productive for yourself. Mm -hmm. But you can't because you're too busy being angry. So when we are holding all these feelings, we are essentially hurting ourselves in both ways. Okay? On the other hand, if we choose to forgive, forgiveness means letting go. Okay? It means... I'm now not going to spend my time thinking about that negative situation, right? I'm going to let it go and I'm going to forgive the person and I'm going to understand whatever they did, that's between them and their creator, their God, right? It's not my problem, okay? I can't control what other people did to me. All I can do is control how I react to it, correct? So at the end of the day, if you can replace all the anger with forgiveness, And forgiveness, by the way, has to work two ways. You need to forgive the other person, understanding that they did it for their own reasons. Maybe they didn't know better. Maybe they didn't understand. Maybe they were treated that way by somebody else. I mean, there's so many reasons why people behave in certain ways. So without really getting into why and all of that, we just kind of forgive and say that's between them. You know, that's their... I like to say it's their karma. It's their story. Mm-hmm. You forgive it. And then you forgive yourself. Why? Because you're forgiving the part of you that went through all that pain. So forgiveness is to forgive the other person and forgive yourself. Mm-hmm. And when you truly forgive, and this is the test, Nikai, to know that you truly, truly forgive somebody, you need to be able to think of the situation and feel nothing. Exactly. Completely yeah. neutral. Yeah. That's forgiveness. If you still remember that this happened to you and it caused you pain or this person did something to you, it's still there in your mind. That's not forgiveness. You know, true forgiveness is like you get to a point where you didn't even remember it happened. Mm. It's almost like it's erased from your mind. Right. And when you do that, there's no energy that's being set. Like there's no stress in your body because you're neutral. Mm -hmm. And you are no longer occupying your thoughts with what that person did to you because you've forgiven it. You're done. You've let it go. Okay? So you're not giving away your energy, nor are you creating stress in your own body. And you can now move on with your life. Yeah. Okay? So the, the easy answer is forgiveness. But you have to understand to what depth of forgiveness is required you know you must be able to forgive to a point where you don't even remember it happened and that's when we can say you're free Mm -hmm. and forgiveness is you know my teacher once said to me forgiveness is your biggest insurance policy because if you forgive everything that has happened to you your body will stay healthy Mm -hmm. okay Most of the time, by the way, people come and see me for different diseases, right? Cancer being, um, you know, one of the more, how do I say, bigger ones, bigger diseases to deal with, right? And a lot of different things, though. I mean, it could be like polycystic ovaries, infertility, heart conditions, depression, anxiety, high cholesterol. I mean, people come to me for all kinds of things. But what I always find that with diseases like cancer Mm -hmm. almost always it goes back to uh, somebody that my client has 
not been able to forgive. They're still holding on to the anger or the resentment or the grudge. And the really rare kinds of cancers that I see, like when my clients come in and they have a very rare cancer, there's extreme hatred towards someone in their life. Okay? And so the healing process only starts when we start working through all those negative emotions to get them to the point where they're ready to forgive. Or at mm. least if forgiveness is not possible, because, you know, sometimes people have been raped or they've been um, yeah. in situations that make forgiveness very difficult. In those situations, letting go and releasing the person instead of necessarily forgiving Mm -hmm. also really helps with the healing process. Right. So jumping on to my next question, what about the people who have a hard time letting go of certain situations? So the question is, um, what should they do if they feel, you know, stuck in life? So that's a really good question because what we tend to do, and this is kind of our subconscious mind, we fixate on what's wrong instead of focusing on what is working or what um, options there are, what solutions there are. And so when we get stuck, we're really in a loop in our own head, okay? We're just going round and round, fixated on the wrong thing, okay? And so to get unstuck, you got to figure out why am I still in this place in my life? And almost always you're getting something positive out of being stuck. Okay, so a lot of people don't move forward because they're more comfortable. They're afraid of what will happen if they move forward. They're afraid of, you know, the uncertainty. So the question becomes, what's the worst that will happen if I do move forward? What's the worst that will happen if I do let it go? And a lot of my clients will say things like, well, if I don't, if I'm not angry at this person anymore, or if I'm, you know, if I let it be, then they get away with it. But we forget it's not our job to punish people or to judge people. That's between them and, and God, right? We're not here to like cast judgment on people or like be responsible because that's what's going to keep you stuck. If you are so, you know, like committed to like, proving that this person did something bad to you okay so you prove it and then what what are you going to get from it nothing right you're just wasting your time and energy on it right right or if you want to kind of um if you really want to punish somebody and make sure they suffer okay you'll watch them suffer then what you've wasted all that time right so mm -hmm. at the end of the day We need to understand why are we staying stuck? And the best question to ask is, what's the worst that would happen if I move forward? Right. Or what am I getting out of staying stuck? Right. Okay, Because we'll only stay stuck because we're getting something positive, but it's usually a very twisted positive thing. Like you mm -hmm. want to get revenge or you want to punish somebody or you're safer that way. Or, you know, so you got to figure out what's keeping you stuck. And um, sometimes even just a simple exercise of making a plan, mm -hmm. you know, writing down the steps to what you need to do next, having a vision, you know, sometimes doing those kind of things like journaling activities. I mean, if, if it's nothing 
more than feeling a little lost and confused, you can actually just write down baby steps or make a vision or a goal, and that will help you to move forward. Most of the time, we don't move forward because we don't know what we want. Right. And so just doing a simple exercise and working on that um, can help. I actually did a meditation, Nikai, if I remember correctly, it was episode six. Mm-hmm. And it was called Live Life by Design with Sanaya Gurnamal. And I took people through a life design meditation. Mm-hmm. And I, you know, taught people um, or I, I had them do the exercise of writing down where do they want to go and then taking them through that meditation. So it gives their mind like direction. Okay. So if anyone's kind of struggling with these kinds of issues, feel free to um, go back to episode six, I believe, and, yes. um, and do that meditation again. It's very helpful. I agree. I did that meditation with you. So, you yeah, I listened. Awesome. awesome. <laughs> hi. Before we continue, I just wanted to say hi and a big thank you to the guys from Kumu. Kumu is a Pinoy live streaming app where you can connect with Filipino streamers and celebrities. Use our link in the description and download Kumu now. My next question would be, why do bad things happen to good people? Yeah, that's a great <laughs> question. I mean, that's a question I get a lot. I used to get this question a lot from people. And yeah. um, it's a question I used to ask as a child. You know, mm-hmm. when I, I went to a Catholic school and I remember right? reading the Bible, you know, at night under the covers of my bed with a flashlight. <laughs> and I, I read the whole Bible that way, by the way. And yeah, and I remember even asking in one of my classes, my Bible classes, because I went to the Catholic school. So we had that kind of class every day. Right. And I remember asking, you know, why do bad things happen to good people? And I never really got a satisfactory answer until I started to explore meditation and spirituality. And what I understood, Nikai, is bad or good is really just our judgment of a situation, Mm -hmm. right? For example, if I have an accident, is that bad or good? Well, it's bad if I got hurt, right? But what if because I got hurt, I ended up going to the hospital and I met this handsome doctor and fell in (laughs) love with him and we got married. Now is the accident bad or good, right? So At the end of the day, bad or good is just a judgment in our own eyes. And so when we say bad, why do bad things happen? Well, I think we don't see the whole picture and we don't see what opportunity some of these bad things bring with it. Mm -hmm. Okay, And because we are so busy saying this is bad, and, and complaining about it and feeling upset and being stuck in that negative that we don't get to see the good that could have come after. It's like how they say, right? After the rain comes the rainbow. Right. And for most people, they're in the rain and they can't see that there's a rainbow. Rainbow, yeah. <laughs> that's coming, you know? And if you just stopped focusing on what's bad you might get to a point where you can actually see that rainbow right in front of you. 
Yeah. You know, so having said that, you know, I know this is kind of a, a little bit of an easy answer to give as well, because for people going through very difficult situations, this is not a, you know, this is not going to suffice. It's not going to make them understand or feel better. So to, to talk to people who are going through very challenging circumstances or situations, things that most people would agree are very, very terrifying or, ch- or big challenges or traumas, right? What you need to understand is that we attract experiences into our life. And these experiences are always opportunities for us to make choices. Mm-hmm. And the choices we make will decide the outcome. Right. And then that outcome will tell us, should we repeat that kind of a choice again or should we do it differently? Okay. So this is how we grow and we learn. Okay. And often, unfortunately, some of our best teaching experiences or learning experiences are the ones where we have a lot of pain. Like when life is really great, you know, there's no incentive to change. Why would you change? Life is great. Mm-hmm. But when life is really difficult and painful and it's not working for you, you start looking for solutions. You start looking for better ways to do things or you get help or you go to therapy or, you know, you essentially go down the path of self-improvement or finding help for yourself. So change, unfortunately, for most people, comes only through these difficult, challenging, bad experiences And the only way to avoid that or to stop having to learn through pain and challenge is to become more aware and to act more quickly upon the different experiences happening in your life. So, you know, if something is happening, like let's say you have a a really bad patch in your relationship and you're fighting all the time, you got to stop and be like, why am I fighting? What's going on? Work through it, confront it, deal with it, improve it. Otherwise it's going to get worse and worse and worse and end up in like a separation or like, you know what I mean? It's going to end up badly. So you got to act quickly and manage or diffuse the negative situation before it gets that bad. Okay. And you got to learn what you were supposed to learn because Mm -hmm. that's, you got to learn willingly. You got to choose to learn, you know, you got to like try to improve yourself day after day through good experiences, because we could learn through positive experiences. We just don't know how. Yeah. So I always tell my students, you know, if you get too busy in your life and you forget about working on yourself and healing yourself and all these good things that you learned, trust me, your brain is going to create lots of problems for you. And you're going to come running back because you forgot that you were supposed to be on this journey of self-improvement and and growth personal growth and evolution and so if you don't willingly do it your life will throw you problems and you're going to be forced to have to you know buckle up and and do something about it yeah it's a matter of making the right choices yeah yeah okay so now for my last question what is your project loving myself mantra Okay, so it's funny that you're asking me, Nikai, because (laughs) this is the question I ask every guest to end the show, (laughs) and now I have to answer it. Okay, so my Project Loving Myself mantra 
is essentially the two things that I always say on the podcast. First is the most important relationship you will ever have is the relationship you have with yourself. And that is the most important lesson that I've learned on my own journey, you know, through my own experiences. It's really about you, like as in your relationship with you. If you don't have a good relationship with yourself, then lots of difficulties and problems will come up. And also, um, the second thing I, I like to say from that is that your relationship with yourself is reflected in every relationship in your life. So if you are you know, completely loved and adored by your partner, you probably really love and adore yourself. Yeah. You know? If you get a lot of respect from people around you, you probably respect yourself quite a bit. But mm-hmm. if people treat you like badly, people walk all over you, then you probably have very low self-esteem. Right. So sometimes just looking at your relationship with other people and how they treat you will tell you a lot about your relationship with yourself, what you think of yourself. And it tells you kind of like what you need to work on, you know, what you need mm-hmm. to address in your own relationship with yourself. Mm-hmm. So definitely, you know, this whole podcast, every episode is dedicated to how can we improve the relationship with ourselves? How can we be better? How can we love ourselves more? And how can we sort of mirror out or reflect um, all the inner work we're doing into our experiences outside of us? And that's really the the cherry on the the icing when we see that as we work with ourselves as we improve ourselves we're actually improving every aspect of our life right amazing answer as always Sanaya and again thank you so much for doing this with me I have a lot of questions still but I think we have to end the episode here Nikai, I should be thanking you. You're the one who actually <laughs> have allowed me to flip it around a little today. And yeah. uh, you, you put me in the hot seat instead. And it was, of course, um, such a pleasure to be able to share my point of view with all our listeners. And um, you're a great host. Thank you so much, Nikai. <laughs> You're welcome. It was fun. It was fun asking you all of these questions, you know, and I learned a lot, that's for sure. Thank you. Did you like this episode? Wasn't Nikai absolutely great? Let us know on Instagram and Facebook, and don't forget to tag Project Loving Myself Podcast and at Sanaya Gurnamal on all social media channels. Both Nikai and I can't wait to to see if you guys liked how this episode went for today and if you want more of that. If you can also follow the podcast on Spotify and give me a rating on Apple Podcasts, that would be a great way to show your support and give me the encouragement that this is reaching you. Now we end with this week's Project Loving Myself quote. Sometimes you face difficulties not because you're doing something wrong, but because you're doing something right. So change your perspective. It's not a difficulty. It's an opportunity. And you're actually being bestowed with an opportunity to grow and to be better than you were before. Now, if you'd like to learn a little bit more about my well-being center, do check out 
thirdeyeonline.com or book a free introductory session on bit.ly slash THC session. I'll also put that link in the, um, in the description of the episode, so do check it out. Thank you again for joining me every week on Project Loving Myself. And this week, we got more intimate with me for a change. Thank you for listening in. You are loved. And this podcast is brought to you by Podcast Network Asia and powered by Podmetrics. The views and opinions expressed by the podcast creators, hosts, and guests do not necessarily reflect the official policy and position of Podcast Network Asia. Any content provided by the people on the podcast are of their own opinion and are not intended to malign any religion, ethnic group, club, organization, company, individual, or anyone or anything. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts, start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market.